0: you're listening to the simple pen podcast Pinterest for
1: business advice that goes down smooth and easy here's your host kate all
0: Hey there, Simple Pin listeners. Welcome back to episode 152, where we're going to be talking all about affiliate marketing on Pinterest in 2019. I've brought my friend Tasha Agruso of Kaleidoscope Living, and I wanted her to tell us a little bit about how she uses affiliate marketing within her business to help build up revenue and drive more traffic to her blog from Pinterest. Little known fact about Tasha, she used to be a lawyer. So she can give us a little bit of the legal information, but even more important, today we're going to talk about really the best way to do it, how to market your products the right way so that people will buy them through your affiliate link. Now, before we get into the episode, I just want to remind you that here at Simple Pin, if you are looking to take your Pinterest marketing learning to the next level, we have the Simple Pin Collective, our Pinterest marketing membership community. So this is a monthly membership that you pay for to get teaching once a month, podcast discussion, live Q&A calls with me, and feedback from myself, myself the mentors, and the admins within the collective. It's a group culture of learning, helpfulness, implementation, and of course, no Pinterest bashing because we are all about how to build our business using Pinterest and Pinterest bashing just, well, it doesn't do anybody any good. So we know that a lot of you have purchased courses, you've purchased eBooks. There is major FOMO in the world about... Am I missing something when it comes to Pinterest? You're not. The biggest thing that you're missing is probably implementation time. So that's what we're gonna help you do inside the collective. You're able to join any time that you want. If you go to simplepinmedia.com slash collective, you can read more about it. But I would love to see you in there. It's where I'm helping all of our students work through how to market best for their business. Because let me tell you, in all the years of working with Pinterest accounts, I have learned one thing. Each and every account is different and you have to figure out the key performance indicators for your own business and you have to figure out what pins work for your business, what marketing message, all of that. And sometimes that just takes an extra set of eyes and some extra feedback to help you dial in to get the right messaging on your pins to get more conversions into email, affiliate marketing, or just into your tribe. All righty, now let's go on to affiliate marketing on Pinterest in 2019. Now, if you're listening and if you're in the car or you're at the gym, I wanna let you know that we share a lot of great information. So you might want to go back and take notes on this or listen to it again. There's a lot of different strategies that we talk about when it comes to affiliate marketing. But the one thing I really, really want you to take away from this episode and take away from Tasha's system of affiliate marketing is authenticity. That is the key to effective affiliate marketing wherever you're doing it. So listen in for her great tips, strategies, and best practices for how to do affiliate marketing in 2019. Hey, Tasha, welcome to the Simple Pin Podcast. Hey,
1: Kate, thanks for having me. I'm always excited to talk to you. Oh,
0: Always. I love talking with you. It's like we could talk for hours. Uh, literally. Forever. yes. <laughs> okay, so for those who don't know you as well as I do, tell the listeners about you and your site and all that you love to do. Oh, yes. So my
1: name is Tasha. I live in the great state of North Carolina. I Run a business for which my blog is the platform, and it's kaleidoscopeliving.com. It was, it used to be, you may have heard of me as designer trapped in a lawyer's body. I only rebranded this year. Um, and as my former blog name gives away, I used to be a lawyer, but in January of 2016, I started um, just working in my own business full time. And my business really centers around or stems off of the blog, which is all about DIY and home decor. And it's just there to inspire people to live their best lives that start with loving their home.
0: Mm, And you love color. I do love color, all the colors. (laughs) You inspire me and everybody should follow Tasha on Instagram. We'll leave the link in the blog post. And it has been so fun to watch all the things that you're doing with color because my kids joke. In fact, um, you'll get a kick out of this. The other day, my daughter, Lily, who's my middle daughter, was like, hey, mom, what's your favorite color? And I was like, man, I think it's gray. And she's like, "Gray's not a color. It's a shade. And I was like, <laughs> I know. I want it to be my color. I don't care if it's a shade or not. And then when we went to paint in her bedroom, when we updated it, she said... "Um." You're not going to paint it gray, and I go, "Well, the rest of the house is gray. We're just going to do gray walls <laughs> for everything. She was like, "You're not painting my room gray." <laughs> and <I> was, like, <laughs> Darn it. So her room is, in fact a very bright aqua Ooh, that fun. when the door is open, it basically shines like a beacon <laughs> to the rest of the house. <laughs> But does she love it? Oh, yes. She is (laughs) like my color challenger. Can I call her that? Like she's just like... Everyone needs one.
1: I really believe that. Like, Well, because I really believe that it, it sounds like you are not this person. And that's great. And it sounds like there are people truly who like what they gravitate to are neutrals. And that's great. Like that is your jam. But there are many, many people who gravitate towards neutrals because they are just afraid of color or they're not sure how to do it. And that's different. Um, you know, that that is a hurdle you can overcome. If I you- do
0: have some fear of that. I'm not going to lie. Really? I, the color- oh, yeah. I, oh, yeah. You know, I, I, <laughs> I like basically put my my, my toe in the water of color. I'm like, "Mm, maybe this will work. Not sure. So that's why I love following you on Instagram because it kind of gives me this little bit of like, Oh, I, maybe I can be brave enough to walk into the color. Well,
1: thank you. I, it is really, truly my favorite thing to, to see our messages on Instagram saying you totally inspired me to like start using color because It. I don't know. It's like anything in life. You see other people do it, and like the way they do something in particular just speaks to you, and you're like, okay, I think I can try it now. So that really is like my favorite thing. I always tell people just start with something small. Like it can be like simple things, like canisters in your kitchen, or like a small piece of artwork. It's kind of it's like a muscle memory thing. You just have to do it little by little, and then you get a little more comfortable with it. But gray, I actually love gray walls. I have discovered the older I get and the more like you know this is our fourth home, like the I guess the more experienced I get with decor, the more I realize. That neutral walls, for the most part, I think allow the color, the other colors in the room, to actually pop a lot more. So I'm a fan yes. of a neutral walls. So
0: you thank you tell, for that. You're, you're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> I will tell Lily that I'll be like Lily. Here's well, I yes, I have found that gray works for me as well. And I know we're we're gonna get into the affiliate marketing thing, but I want to ask you like, do you do do you use Pinterest? Um, you know, obviously you're using it Pinterest for business piece, but do you spend a lot of time on there kind of looking at colors and looking at design and kind oh, of yeah. being inspired by him?
1: Oh, 100%. And it's really, really funny to me because as a business owner who like social media plays a really, really vital role in like my business. And so I have found that I personally am burned out from Facebook. Like I'm just oh, yeah. so over Facebook. yeah. And I hear a lot of people say like, oh, I'm so over Pinterest. I am not mm-hmm. over Pinterest. Mm-hmm. I love Pinterest. Yeah. But as a user, I still absolutely use it. In fact, it is still not uncommon for me to end my day, just personal relaxing time for me scrolling through Pinterest for myself.
0: Yes. 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 I do too, and i I think one of the things I hear about people, which I you know with the burned out on Pinterest, which I think that this also ties in so neatly to the affiliate marketing piece is that you have to understand how a user is using Pinterest, and that when you have the element of enjoying it or entering into it, then you get their perspective much easier. It's like I don't love being a marketer on Instagram. But because I am a heavy user of it and I enjoy it, I am able to be a better marketer because I I know the lens of which people are seeing my stuff through. And when you kind of strip down... You know, there's... What I see in the community a lot too is, and in fact, in our um, collective, I saw somebody post about this this morning. And she said, "There's always this major FOMO when it comes to Pinterest that you are not. There's some secret, like there's something that you're missing, or you're trying to change your strategy." And she was like, "Sometimes it's just like enjoying it or just speaking to your people. That's really all it is." And when we for we break it down into that and how you know for you, you can help your pinners discover color and you are discovering it yourself on there, that leads to such a a better like business building strategy.
1: Oh my gosh. Yes. And I, I totally agree with you. And I think one reason that I, I'm not super successful in terms of promoting my business or any of my content on Facebook is because I'm no longer really a user of Facebook. And I have lost touch with what resonates with people over there, but not with Pinterest. I know what annoys me on Pinterest (laughs) and I know what I love on Pinterest. And so, yeah, I mean, I don't want to say that Pinterest has always felt effortless for me, but it has, it feels more, way more natural to me than other platforms. And maybe it is because I just love it so much. Like I am still a user of Pinterest for myself and my own pleasure
0: every day. Okay, now that we have totally um, expressed our undying love for color and Pinterest, which is great. And I'm hoping that as you guys are listening, you'll be inspired by how we're talking about how much we love Pinterest, because if you are not into it, and I guess I'll say this, if you're not into it, I wanna give you permission to say that's okay and maybe you should hire it out. I'm not into Facebook and I hire that out. I mean, I have Melody on my team. She's my community manager. She knows my voice. She keeps the pulse on Facebook. But I just... I Like you just said, I don't know what's happening over there. And I'm not a user. I've totally disconnected. In fact, total side note, but like I took a huge break from Facebook besides my group. And I don't have, I've have killed newsfeed on my computer. So I don't even oh, see the wow. feed. Yeah, yeah. That's been amazing. And then I went on it on my phone and it was scrolling through. And I was like, oh my gosh, there's all these things that are happening that I have no idea about. Yep, like no people need to share with me. Like <laughs> this person's like dad died and this person had a baby. And I'm like, I'm looking at this like three months behind everybody yeah, else. Yeah. So, it's true. but it's okay. I don't miss it, and I think that yeah. that is one of the pieces I love about Pinterest is that you're able to create and follow your own path in what yes. you love and what works best for for you. So, all that to say, for those of you who are listening and you're like, but I don't love Pinterest, that is okay. Like, yeah. honestly, hire it out, and yes. then you focus on creating content because. As we're going to talk about today, affiliate marketing, I believe, really centers on the content that you're creating and how you're nurturing your audience. Yes. Oh, so big. Okay. So how do you incorporate affiliate marketing into Kaleidoscope Living? Like, How does that really fold into your overall content plan?
1: So it's really well. First, I will confess to you that I'm like the worst person ever at <laughs> using an editorial calendar. I'm, oh, I am I'm, too.
0: Oh, thank you. Yeah, I, I can okay. only go like two months at a time. These people who are like, oh yeah, I'm like out like six months to a year. I'm like, um, I can't do that.
1: I am way too spontaneous. Like I, I don't. Okay, so if I could sum it up in one word, how I incorporate affiliate marketing into my content plan, it is just simply the word authentic. I do it authentically. If I am searching for, if I, let's say I'm going to tackle a makeover in my guest room and I am looking and I'm shopping for beds because uh, I legitimately need a bed for the room, um, I will ultimately order a bed. And if if there is an affiliate program for whatever, like let's say I order it from Hayneedle, will I use an affiliate link in that room reveal post to say Hey, here are all the sources for the room and include an affiliate link 100%. That's about as authentic as it gets. But the other way I might do it is, you know, I'm, I'm a human and I love all the pretty things. I love all the pretty things. So let's say I narrowed it down to 10 beds. I mean, that is not, I mean, I, sometimes I might find 20 beds that I'm like, these are all amazing and the value looks good and they get good reviews. It is also likely that I would work into my editorial calendar, a post on 15 amazing beds that are under, you know, some price point, because I'm usually on a budget when I'm doing a room makeover. And so... I, but to me, both of those are super authentic pieces of content. And then the way I talk about the bed roundup post is, look, these are the beds I found when I was shopping for my own bed for my guest room. And they're all amazing. You know, I decided on this one, but here are 14 others that I was like super in love with. Um, so in my niche, that's usually how it unfolds for me. What I don't do and this is where I feel like people get like very hung up or like stuck in their own brains about affiliate marketing. What I don't do is sit down and think, okay, let me think about ways I can write articles that are going to crush it via affiliate marketing. Like that is not my starting point. Does that make
0: sense? Yeah, oh totally and I think it's I think it's very smart because one is really fueled by creativity and serving your audience. Yes. The other starts with not very being very creative and really fueling ourselves.
1: Exactly. So I have given this example before when I'm having like this conversation with people who have this hang up on like, ooh, I don't know if my readers will like it. And I always say, well, if you do it authentically, they'll love it. But if I like, I'm a DIY and home decor blogger. So well, and as you pointed out, I love all the colors, right? So what would feel very inauthentic to me, but I know would perform well, is um best farmhouse decor under $100. It would be so inauthentic.
0: Exactly. It wouldn't be... It would it would be like you're following the train of the Joanna Gaines thing, not yes. the train of Tasha and Color and my audience and yeah, totally. One
1: hundred percent. So could I sit down and look at my editorial calendar and think, ooh, how literally like how could I crush it with affiliate marketing? Well, that would be a great way to do it. But I'm not gonna do that. It would not make any sense for my audience. So I would say that I approach it authentically. Like if it, you know, I do think there are opportunities that kind of like sitcom spinoffs, like if I've purchased a new sofa for myself, sure, I of course will share the details of that. But if there were also 10 others that I loved and think would be great options for people in my audience. Yeah, that may give rise to a whole post in and of itself, but it still stemmed from I needed a new sofa.
0: <laughs> mm. Well, I I want to say this too, and this did stem from Instagram, but I think um, it spins off into content that can go onto Pinterest. But you have this beautiful leather chair that oh, is in yes. that I was I messaged you on Instagram. I was like, "Where'd you get that <laughs> chair?" <laughs> and I think you had ha- you've done a post about this chair, have you not? Or did you I just I don't know if
1: I've done an entire post about it. If I think you're talking about Joe's leather Recliner. Yeah, the one from
0: West Elm, right? Yes. Okay, so, so like yes. we were looking for a recliner for Dave. And one of the cool things I even think with that is You know, like that's maybe on the pricier side, but you're able to find other options. Like if you're looking for a camel colored leather recliner, here's your options. And now those people who are asking you 50 times, which I guess is another clue. If you get asked about something more than three times, you better create a post or a plan. Totally.
1: And that is the other thing I tell people, the people who are concerned, like, Ooh, I don't, I think affiliate marketing will turn off my readers. My response is, well, A, not if you do it authentically, which we've already talked about. But frankly, if you don't do it, you're constantly going to be asked questions like, where did you get the leather recliner? Or, you know, where, that's what happens to me. If I forget to put a link in, or let's say, like, this happens a lot with items that I purchase from Home Goods. There's just not an online source for it. So sometimes I don't have a link. And what always happens is like this, I know it's going to happen in my dining room. I got the dining room rug at Home Goods. And so I'm not going to be able to refer people to a specific link. And, but that's what people want. They actually want the link, they want the exact link to the exact thing. So if you, it's such a win for your audience because it's just making it simple for them to find something if they want it. And it doesn't cost This is the other thing I always emphasize. If affiliate marketing, you know, the way it works is you use your affiliate link, it tracks with cookies and other magical things. And so you earn a commission if somebody clicks the link and makes a purchase that money, the, the commission that goes to you, that comes out of the company's pocket. That does not affect your reader in any way, shape or form. If it did, I wouldn't do it. And like, if they were going to click on it, and it was going to upcharge them $5 so that it could pay me, I would not be into that at all. But that's not how it works. So you're really doing the retailer a favor by sending them a customer they may not otherwise connect with. And it's a big win for your reader. Because I do it all the time. If I'm scrolling through a blog post or Instagram, I'm like, ooh, that's amazing. I want to know where they got it. And I'm I'm instantly looking for the link that's going to take me straight there.
0: Yeah, exactly. And a lot of times, one, your readers won't even know. And number two, this is actually like an advertising fee for the company. You're doing advertising for them to drive the traffic to this particular product. And one of the great things about, let's say, like the chair or the dining room rug is that as you see that on Pinterest, and as you know, as we're looking through Pinterest, we're looking for all these things, it's actually a disservice to your people not to put a link. Because I, if I'm desperate for this certain type of design and I'm scouring Pinterest you have a picture of it I go to your post and I don't have a link I am actually frustrated because I want to buy that product and now I have to do a bunch of the visual search stuff and see if somebody else has done it and we want I think too we want to authentically fulfill our customer or client or reader their appetite for what it is that helps them Dream into their best life, like that's ultimately what it is. And if you don't do that, um, you're they are missing out first, and you're missing out second. So, like
1: one hundred percent, such yes.
0: a good um, income, a, an alternate income stream. And oh, I buy is. stuff all yes. the time. Like I want to say, like I get if somebody sells something really well. Like um, I was following this the blog, the Mom Edit she, yeah, I, I love her style. It's not my style, but I love just watching and paying attention to how she does marketing. But mm-hmm. she did a makeup tutorial about like this Charlotte Tilbury makeup and how it's going to make uh-huh. you like glow. I bought it all right away.
1: Right. You're like all sold. So yes. Sold. Like, <laughs> yes. and I love I it. Do too. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I really, you know, when you think, and it, it all goes back to what you were saying earlier, like when you think about the user experience, When I mean, the whole reason we do what we do, and we have these online businesses to help people is, I mean, that is at the core of it, we want to help them, we want to connect with them. And once you've done that, they want you to give them recommendations. And that's how I feel about the people in particular on Instagram, like I'm so into Instagram stories. And when I can see people touching and using things and telling me how it's changed their day or how it's made them be able to be more organized, I am like, yes, thank you. This is so much better than me seeing an ad on, you know, during a commercial break. Like, I don't know those people. They may be talking about the exact same product, but I don't know, love and trust them already. So yes, it is a disservice not to make that information easily available to them. And it's also just a mistake to assume that they're going to be like icked out by it or feel like it's icky. Because when you are doing it authentically, there is nothing (laughs) icky about it. And it never, I've never seen it come across that way. The only time I feel like it has the ick factor, I feel like, (laughs) I feel like that's a weird phrase, but I'm going to go with it. Yeah, it does. (laughs) is when I feel like, and I, it's very easy to spot it and, and your readers will spot it too. When you do something that is off brand, like again, perfect example is if I decide suddenly I'm gonna write about the best farmhouse decor for under a hundred dollars. I there I do not have farmhouse style. That would be so weird. It would be so clearly an attempt for me to make some money, that it would feel icky to me and to the people reading it. So
0: yeah. yeah. It would be like me all of a sudden pushing a Facebook marketing course, like <laughs> yes. going crazy on that. They would be like, what are you talking about? Like, why are you talking about Facebook? Plus you hate it. Well, I don't hate it, but you know what I mean? <laughs> yes, <laughs> like, exactly. you, gotta, you know, a lot of the things that we're talking about will be like business to consumer. And that's what Tasha is. And I'm a B2B like business to business. So, Um, take these tips and we'll have some rapid fire questions too, where I think some people from the Facebook group maybe ask some more explanatory questions, but keep that in mind and start getting ideas going as you're listening to this. Um, Okay, so what I want to know is a little bit about your traffic from Pinterest. Like uh, not so much the amount that you get, but who you think those people are and if those pinners like purchase products. Um, And then I... This is like a three-part question. So telling me about your people from Pinterest and then um, if they buy products and then what you feel like the best path for them is like, we get a lot of questions about direct affiliates on the platform versus on a blog post. So let's start with that. Tell me about the the people that come from Pinterest.
1: So the people that come from Pinterest, I mean, Pinterest is such a great platform for me because the people that are coming to my site from Pinterest are They have gone to Pinterest to look for DIY or home decor inspiration, which is exactly the kind of content I'm putting out there. So these are the people who are looking to improve their homes, you know, make them feel more them, fit their style, update certain things. um, And they land on my site because hopefully I am providing them with whatever solution they are looking for. A lot of them are kind of, especially Uh, my earlier blog posts, when we had just moved into this house, a lot of them were very budget friendly solutions, like paint your vinyl floors for, you know, next to nothing. So those are the people that are finding me, they are the ones who are looking to update and beautify their homes. Um, About 50% of my traffic comes from Pinterest. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, so Pinterest is a very important platform for me, and I'll tell you, it used to be like seventy five percent. That felt a little scary. Anyway. Are you so, it's more Google now? Yes, so I did. I worked really, really hard on SEO just to balance. I wanted. I needed a more balanced portfolio, if you will. Like it made me nervous to have, but Pinterest has always, and I believe will strongly will continue to be, certainly my most important social platform. I mean, it is you know, it is a a search engine and I'm in a very visual niche. And so, yes, it's very important for me. Um, So those are the people who are finding me on Pinterest and coming to my site. Do they make purchases of affiliate products? Absolutely. Like I've been very successful with affiliate marketing. And that has remained true, even though like my traffic probably peaked, in 2016
0: Mm -hmm. and then gone down. Now my
1: traffic is going down, but my income isn't,
0: nor is my affiliate income. Mm. So And can I just pause really quickly in there? Because I think this is such What you just said is so important for people to hear who have been on Pinterest for a long time, because I meet with people who are like, I want my traffic back from 2015, 2016. And it's like, well, don't we all, right? Like we all wanted to go back there. But what you said was key is that your income has gone up because you've you've optimized what you have and you can only chase traffic so long before you switch back to, well, how am I going to really get smart with what I have? have and lead yes. on the path. And that is if you guys take anything away from this episode, those of you especially who have been on Pinterest for a long time, that mm-hmm. is key. Like if your traffic is down five percent this month, like please don't please stop stressing. Like if your income oh is gosh, down twenty yeah. percent, then we gotta have a conversation. Absolutely. But it yeah, it, but yeah, the ROI of the it. Drop,
1: traffic, yes. Oh my gosh. I mean and I hope that people listening will take some comfort in knowing that like, I would say from where my traffic peaked to now, it
0: I'm talking like it's half, yeah. half of what it was. And that's yeah, very I mean, typical. So I mean, I have <laughs> seen, you know, the, I've worked with hundreds and hundreds of Pinterest accounts and your story is really typical. Like, it's normal yeah. as to what has happened. And I feel like people are still shocked by it. And you saying that, it's like, yes, this is what we see as well. Like, traffic is in half. Yeah. But those who have gotten smarter have made more money and more leaps in your business. So the question is like, you know, back to the KPI thing, which we'll link to that Mm -hmm. podcast episode. But for you is figuring out, okay, where are people going to buy stuff? Even if I don't have as many eyeballs, I can get greater conversions.
1: Exactly. Okay. Yes. So that leads perfectly into like part three of the question, which was what's the best path? Okay. So let me first say it, Pinterest reopened the gates to direct affiliate links on Pinterest. It, I think it was like back in, I don't know, 2018. Yeah, it 2018, was 2017.
0: They had had this Huge okay. ban uh, when they were doing the smart, like before the smart feed, pretty much like right. biological feed, people were killing it with direct affiliate links. Yes, like yes. killing it. And um, <laughs> so they pulled back the reins real fast before they got an yeah. actual system.
1: Which makes sense. And so then, but then they kind of reopened it and I think I I think myself included people were generally more cautious because obviously Pinterest had shut it down before and they would again. How and so there was a period of time where you could grab an affiliate link like let going back to the bed example. Let's say I have shared my room reveal and I just want to actually pin the bed itself with a direct affiliate link on Pinterest it used to be pretty easy to do that because you could pin the image and then go in and edit the link box. You can't do that anymore. I don't, I mean, this is very recent. Like I feel like in the last month I'm like, Oh, we can't edit the links anymore. Unless, unless it is something you have pinned from a site that you have verified as your own. Yeah.
0: And you can now do a product tag and you can put that link in there. Oh,
1: okay. Well that I did not know, but all of this is to say In my experience, one, it's very difficult to track what sales are actually coming from that pin. But I've never noticed like a huge surge that I think has happened from like, oh, maybe that pin went kind of viral. I still 100% firmly believe that the best practice for creating a path to purchase is to send them to a blog post where you have very authentically talked about. Some products that happen to be affiliate products that you have used and you love, or that is around, you know, a roundup post can work very well if you have an authentic reason to talk about the roundup. So I still, like, I wasn't even remotely upset at the time where I thought, oh, I can't edit this. I mean, it sounds like you can doing a product tag, but in the moment where I was like, oh, that's weird, you can't edit this box anymore. I didn't freak out. I, I mean, I didn't feel like that was a big loss in the affiliate marketing world. Because the vast majority of my affiliate sales are driven from blog posts that are optimized with affiliate links that are 100% super authentic. That, But that I do take great effort to make sure I am promoting in a way that makes sense on an ongoing basis on Pinterest and that doesn't mean that I make one batch of pins and just circulate them forever and ever like my method of making sure that a high-performing post um not just for traffic, but for affiliate sales as well, continues to perform well on Pinterest. Like I have, I have a system (laughs) that I use. Um, so, but that is the best path. Send them to an authentic blog post, um, make sure it's optimized with your links and, The authenticity is going to build the level of trust and like engagement with that post. And that is what is going to lead to affiliate sales.
0: Well, I was thinking as you were talking of that example that I gave of the mom edit with the Charlotte Tilbury stuff, Mm -hmm. if I would have just seen... Charlotte Tilbury Brightener as a product that was pinned on Pinterest, there's no life to it, right? Like, I don't know why. But if I pop over Mm -hmm. and I see her YouTube video, and I'm like, she's talking about how amazing her friends look and how she glowed and how she looked 10 years younger. I'm like, sign (laughs) me up. And so (laughs) I think that you... People will ask me a lot like, what can I create a board with just products? But I think to remember that those products don't have life to them. There's no... I mean, you could utilize it in a a way, maybe creatively, you can link back to it. like If people wanted to see on your email list all your favorite party paper products, and you just had it quick here so they didn't have to read a blog post. But the point being somewhere it has to have life it has to have the authenticity yes. of like why is this going to be an asset or a fun thing that's added to your life then i'm going to buy and so i i yep. d- agree with you like i highly discourage people from direct affiliate linking on pinterest because yep. it's it's just like you're kind of throwing a dart in the dark like well let's kind of hope you are. let's see what happens
1: yeah you you are i mean i would say my current practice is when I, when I publish a post, like whether it's a room reveal or a roundup style post, of course, we're going to pin a graphic for the post itself. One time and one time only, we will pin the individual products from that post. But I only do it to personal boards. So let's say it's like the kitchen reveal. I probably will pin an image of the bar stools with a direct affiliate link, but I will only do that one time. Um, And I will not promote those on an ongoing basis on Pinterest the way I will with the blog post itself. Does it does.
0: And even a cool, yes. uh, an extra cool, like practice is kind of what I said, like at the bottom of your kitchen reveal post, you can mm-hmm. even link to the board where all those products are located yep. and just say, here's the products you can pin them for later. I know you might not buy now. You want to remember this, pin this blog post People just need to be told yeah. what to do sometimes. As far as like, follow yeah. me on Pinterest, pin from this board. And the fun part too is that if you have an email that you're you know really curating and doing a personal email with, which everybody mm-hmm. should, like, I yes. hammer that point home. <laughs> um, you can actually in that email even just leave a link to that. You're like, if you want to find this product real fast, just go here. Granted, you're missing out yes. on ad income if your ads monetized. So, I mean. You know, but but just know that like there's a lot of different opportunities, but there has to be an origination point. And I like your strategy of like putting it on Pinterest. Now, one of the biggest questions we get is Mm -hmm. um as put when you put the affiliate directly on Pinterest, do we have to Mm -hmm. hashtag it? Do we have to market that it that is an affiliate? That is going to okay. Yes. So, what do you usually do? Do you put hashtag affiliate? Yes.
1: So it's so funny. I, I mean I the, the 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 FTC I don't think cares whether it's a hashtag or right. not. I historically have put in parentheses affiliate link close parentheses. Yes. Like, I actually type okay. it out, but I I think the hashtag is. Fine. Mm-hmm. I just don't think there's magic to the hashtag. I don't think any... Yeah. I, I think it would be rare for somebody to search the hashtag affiliate. But and you just have to notify anyone who's seen it before they click on the pin in some way that it mm-hmm. is an affiliate link. And, and yeah, it doesn't... Don't overcomplicate it. I feel like people... You know, I feel like the nervous, the people who are nervous about this, like want something written in stone, well, you're never going to find it. I mean, the FTC is never going to say on Pinterest for a pin that goes directly to a product, this is what you do, but you just have to disclose it. I mean, that the bottom line is the FTC just wants transparency, So whether you do hashtag affiliate or parentheses affiliate link, you should be good. And
0: that is not on the ones that lead to your blog post because you have an affiliate disclosure on your site. It's just on the ones that are direct affiliate. Okay.
1: Yes. So if somebody clicks on like one of my highest performing affiliate post or affiliate revenue posts is how we painted our kitchen cabinets without priming or sanding. And that goes to a tutorial post. And it happens to be that the, the paint that we used is available on Amazon that's where, you know, so there's an affiliate link. So just above my materials list in that post is my affiliate link disclosure. So you are correct. Like I don't have to, the post it's, they're going to land on the post first. That is where they will see the disclosure. So it doesn't need to be on. The okay. Pin.
0: And we do have um, some of the questions we've also been getting to is Amazon is a funny one. And it's oh, always yes. been a question of whether or not they're allowed or not allowed. I will say that um, if you're ever going to do an affiliate link on Pinterest, do not use a Bitly link because Pinterest yep, you, can't you can't shorten, shorten. Pinterest yep. will strip it. So it'll it yep. negates it anyway. With Amazon, the things that we know up until this point, and I'll be curious to hear what you know as well, is in the European Union, they have written into mm-hmm. the Amazon Terms of Service, yes, you can use affiliate links on Pinterest. In the North mm-hmm. American platform, they have not put that. <laughs> yeah. So if you are listening to this and we do have a lot of UK users, go for it. Mm-hmm. Amazon says you're good, yeah. right? But mm-hmm. when it comes to North America, we have multiple reps saying different things. We have it very fuzzy and it's oh, yeah. not super clear. So my, I'm curious where you'll land with this. When I see mm-hmm. a gray area... There's times where I'm going to push past it, but when it comes to this, and especially if Amazon affiliate commissions are a very big, important part for you, then do not do it. I would say just... I
1: totally agree. And I mean, the one thing... So I do have an affiliate marketing course. And the one thing I will occasionally tell my students is, listen, if you personally want to contact Amazon Associates and you have a chat transcript where they say, because I... I not infrequently have reached out to Amazon to clarify things to take back to my affiliate marketing group. And I'm not kidding. If 10 of us ask the same question, we'll probably get eight different answers. But my, so my advice is for myself, I do not pin Amazon products to Pinterest. It, Amazon is a good earner for me. I don't want to lose that income. It's not worth the risk, but I will tell other people Look, if you are really dead set on wanting to pin a- Amazon links, if you can get a written answer from Amazon Associates directly to you saying, sure, it's fine. As long as you keep that record and can show it to them, then I have at it. But I think in general, if you don't want to risk your Amazon account, I think the safest course in the US is to not pin Amazon
0: products to Pinterest. Mm-hmm. Yeah, agreed. Like just <laughs> use caution. It's It's not not worth it. it. Yeah. And yeah, definitely take a screenshot, have the documentation. Yeah. And we'll definitely have a link to your affiliate marketing course too that we'll put in the blog post for those people who are interested too as well. Um, Okay. That was a big one is Amazon links, affiliate links. So one of the other questions people are curious about is what are some of your favorite affiliate companies to work with. Um, so one of our um, readers says, like, I'm a baking blogger, and I can't find any affiliates um, besides like Amazon and Target. Maybe what are some other good ones?
1: I mean, I'm not, I I do love to cook. I'm not much of a baker, but I would say like William Sonoma, Sir Latab, they will definitely have um, Their own affiliate programs. Likely, they are run through one of the big guys like ShareASale or um, Impact Radius or CJ. Those are all pretty big. I'm trying to think where all the other Pottery Barn brands oh, are. They've yeah, moved they around. have. You're right. Um, but I would say I'm not sure she's thinking of it. I think she's thinking of it in terms. Yeah. I'm assuming it's a girl. No, she. Really it terrible, is. You're good. But- <laughs> okay. <laughs> like, it could. Um. Anyway, I think she's thinking of it in terms of sharing or pinning a direct affiliate link. And I would, I would encourage her to step back and think, what types of posts can I be writing to serve my audience about like, the bakeware or these baking items are the ones I could not live without. And it may be very likely that she could find those items on Amazon or Target. Um, and those are fine to use in a blog post. So I wouldn't box your... I I mean, there are there other programs? Absolutely. And I, like Williams-Sonoma and La Table are the ones that come to or mind. Or even Anthropology.
0: But, I mean, they have a oh, ton of cute baking stuff. And that was, oh, those are fun.
1: Yes. And Anthro, Anthro definitely has an affiliate program. Now I will tell you, well, I'm this, I hope this doesn't get off on a tangent. I still recommend, like if I am writing a blog post and there is an item available on Amazon, I will always link to it on Amazon. It is my top converter. So, and Kate, you probably know this, like a quote, good conversion rate generally is, one percent, two percent. You're yeah, kind of crushing,
0: no kidding, right? Like
1: <laughs> so, and that's for. And that's not for like special affiliate programs, like a blogging course you might promote. Those are very, very different beasts. But if you're sending someone to a retail mm-hmm. site, an average conver. Or, I'm sorry, a good conversion rate would be one to two percent. My Amazon conversion rate
0: is wow. six point something. So is this conversion or commission? Conversion. conversion.
1: So the number. So 1%, so the the way people need to think about it is for every 1,000 clicks I get on an affiliate link, I'm probably gonna
0: average about one okay. to two sales. yeah, that makes sense.
1: So you need a whole lot more clicks. You know, obviously you got like, the cookies have gotta be stored and people, I get questions a lot like, well, I've had like 500 clicks on this link and I haven't had a sale yet. And my response is, well, it actually doesn't surprise me, especially if it's going to a retailer like, I don't know Home Depot, but here's why I say even to like the baking bloggers or any niche really, if you can link to Amazon, do it. And here's why: I believe that my conversion rate is high for two reasons. One, they're living authentic; like they're very authentically used in my post, and that is the bit that is a big one. But two, there is no brick and mortar Amazon that people can drive to to purchase the item. So I actually. I don't like to link to things on Home Depot because I mean if that's where it exists and that's the only place you can get it, like Lumber, I'm happy to link to it. But if it's an item like a staple gun, I would rather link to it on Amazon because if I link to it on Home Depot, chances are they're gonna think, well, I'll just grab it the next time at home. I'm at Home Depot. Plus. There's so much Amazon trust. Yes. I mean, I feel like my family would fall. Oh, us too.
0: <laughs> well, you know, what's funny about that Home Depot story is I went to Home Depot because we needed sawhorses, like not really fancy ones. Yeah. I'm in Home Depot and they don't have any. So I bought them on Amazon and I was like, why didn't I just stay home and buy them on Amazon? And everyone gives me a hard oh, time because they're like, you buy funny. everything on Amazon. And I'm like, why not? It's Free shipping. I don't have to leave the house, and it comes in two days. Like there really is no exactly. And I think that also brings up a good point of be careful of linking to affiliates that are obscure because people are less likely to trust them because the first thing we think of is how much is shipping going to cost me because Amazon doesn't (laughs) cost me a dime.
1: Exactly. So Amazon just really tends to convert well um, for so many reasons. The other thing that people, especially if they're new to affiliate marketing, don't fully appreciate because it's hard to until you start seeing the effect of it is what's called deep linking. So I might link to sawhorses on Amazon. You might click on it. You might not purchase the sawhorses, but you might purchase, you know, I I just bought like... Food storage containers, <laughs> yes. cat food. I mean, you might buy twenty five other things, and I'm still going to earn a commission within the first twenty four hours. Correct. Amazon's cookie period is short unless they add it to their cart, and once they add it to their cart, if, even if they don't check out right away, I think it's a thirty day window. But even with the twenty four hour cookies, Amazon just converts y'all because who doesn't need something from Amazon? And it is much all so funny. So,
0: when I was doing a lot of Amazon affiliate links for the blog I used to work for, mm-hmm. to go through at the end of the month and see what people buy. Like it is a highlight of my month. It's oh, so funny.
1: It is, oh, <laughs> I will not. The, wh- one of the orders I observed once, it's not appropriate to yes. talk about on a podcast, but it is shocking to see some of the items. Also, I have had people click on like a link for a $3 craft mm-hmm. supply and purchase um, a home yes, theater. Center. I know. <laughs> oh, so it's amazing. So just don't underestimate it. So as a food blogger, for sure there are other affiliate programs, but when you're thinking about the best path to actually serve your audience and get affiliate sales, and those two should always go hand in hand, you're gonna want to write full blog posts anyway. And for that purpose, you I would actually really recommend using Amazon. Whenever and the you other
0: can. cool part with Amazon, I don't know if you do this, but um, you can create custom links within Amazon for that specific post. so you can see how that converts based on the sales that are in it. It's pretty cool.
1: You know, I did mm-hmm. not know that. That is one thing I've not ever taken the time to figure out because I like don't yeah. have the patience, It's super easy, but... actually.
0: Because <laughs> if you end up creating a custom link, you can end up doing it like amazon.com, Simple Pen Media 50 whatever. And then you can add to it for like a specific post. Like we did it for... Um, When I worked for Angela at Frugal Living, there was a no need bread post. And there was a Dutch oven in there that kept selling and selling and selling. And a few other things like a knob for the Dutch oven. So we created a custom link for Amazon for that so we could see how many sales were coming from that specific post.
1: Ooh, intro You've given me some Yeah, it's really cool. Because then I mean, you know, is it actually... That's amazing. Because especially yes.
0: for you, you have so many different Amazon links right that are within your um, site. This allows you to drill down, especially if we're getting all that traffic from Pinterest. We want to see... And this is a good way for people who are listening to figure out the ROI of your investment in Pinterest on affiliate marketing too. Because if you... Affiliate marketing, not with an S. Um, if you put a custom link in there and it's your legacy pin, your viral pin, then all of a sudden you're able to quantify that and say, okay, I'm getting a thousand clicks on this post per week. I'm getting X number of purchases. This is my ROI specifically on this post for Pinterest. And that is what will help you make, help make you feel more successful instead of just going, I got a thousand clicks. Well, what did that convert to? And how do you even get smarter about that? How do you create more images for that for Pinterest? How do you pin it to more boards? And drilling down to get the actual data, which is, man, you're, it will make you go less crazy if you're, if you're looking at traffic, right? You're not going to be like, oh my gosh, I'm for 5% of the month. But maybe you're up 5% on those Amazon purchases,
1: yeah, exactly. And so why I do feel like just to I don't know, take this to another level, the once you realize, once you have discovered, oh my gosh, this post my audience loves and it's like an affiliate gold mine. You have to treat those posts like your sweet little babies that you like, you nurture them. <laughs> you get, and I mean, I can't tell you how my post, my kitchen cabinet painting post was published in like 2014. The number of times I have made fresh pins for that post, I mean, I can't even count at this point. And the, the process, oh, we could totally no, we nerd totally out about can. this. We, like,
0: we need to have you up for like round two. I, <laughs>
1: <laughs> but the process, and I feel like so many people skip this step and it makes me so sad because it's such an easy missed opportunity. So what I do, whether I'm creating a brand new blog post or I'm just making fresh pins for my legacy content, I like that phrase a lot. Um, I always make them in batches of three. I don't know why. But three is what I do. So like three new images. And then I use I actually took your smart loop, your tailwind smart loop. Yeah, that was super helpful. That's how I got everything set up. And so my practice is to pin those three fresh images, I add them to my most popular posts, smart loop. And then I let I kind of let them ride it out for like, two weeks, and then I go back in and I, I check them out and see how they're doing. And it is fascinating. So I just actually recorded a new video about this for my affiliate marketing class because I it is so shocking to me. So they're all directing to the same post. But I would say at least 50% of the time after two weeks, I will go in and I'll see, okay, this image has been pinned Seven times and it has like a total of 21 repins, like nothing, nothing magical. It's not terrible. It's not a flop, but it's not a... And then one it will become very clear that one image in particular is way outperforming the others like way way and so then i will delete the two underperforming pins and i leave the top performer in Yeah the
0: that makes sense. Well and here's my question for you especially when it comes to something with products or where there's affiliates do you find an image with the products in the image which there again is some debate as to using those images um, um, or just do a singular image? I mean, for you, obviously you're taking a picture of the kitchen and that makes sense. But if you're ever doing a roundup, are you putting images in the, in the pinnable image or not? So that's such a great question and it comes up a lot. Um, I don't use okay. Amazon
1: products, it like, but I will do collage mm-hmm. style pins. Like, If I'm doing actually a very popular post of mine is like, Great gifts oh, for grandparents. Okay. You know, people think about like parents and other family members, but this post for grandparents, and it's really cute, pretty, mm-hmm. colorful things, as you might imagine. But I I do have singular image graphics, which I actually started doing after listening to one of your podcast episodes. You had somebody come on to talk about
0: yeah, like, gift so guides. I do. do I'm obsessed that? with gift yeah. guides because I used to do them... With Angela, when I worked for her site, we had so much fun with them.
1: Yeah. And it was a great, it was a great episode and it was really helpful. And I thought, oh, well, instead of just doing collage style posts, I should also use like singular images. So we did find some like stock images of like, you know, grandparents, like holding pretty boxes. And so I will test both of those. I will tell you that for me and my audience, they seem to prefer the collage style, those seem to perform a bit better, but that's prob- that answer probably wouldn't be the same for everyone. And as long as it's not an Amazon product... Um, or I don't know there to be some sort of prohibition against using the product images, I will
0: use them in a product. Yeah, that's a blog. really good point. Yeah. I know people get worried about that. And especially um, people have asked us too about Etsy. When it comes to Etsy, just email the seller. And you know, most of the time they're going to say, absolutely, it's free advertising for them if you're going to send people their way. They will, but actually,
1: I feel like I read this very recently, so I'm so glad you brought this up. I believe that Etsy has added to its affiliate terms and conditions that Pinterest pins directly to Etsy products is now prohibited.
0: Oh, yes, I think I did I read that it, somewhere I think too, as well. It's
1: recent. Which is such a bummer, but you, but Etsy, I link to Etsy so, so much. It's just that Mm -hmm. those live within
0: blog posts. In the blog posts. Yeah. Yeah. Which like we said in the beginning, that's usually a better path to get them to purchase anyway. So it's not like, um, you know, when Pinterest makes changes like this or Etsy makes changes, people sometimes freak out like, Oh my gosh, we can't put them on Pinterest. The chances of people buying are like (laughs) (laughs) 0.01%. it's not a huge (laughs) deal. Like don't stress out, go create a blog post and then you'll increase it to 1% hopefully. Right. Mm -hmm. I love all of this. Well, actually, as we've gone through, as we're wrapping up here, we've answered most of the questions from people. I think the only one that somebody asked about was um, group boards versus personal boards. Like when you pin affiliate links, do you pin them to group boards? And my answer would be no. Yeah, because my
1: answer is a hard no on that. One. Yeah, yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> it's not. That's just not kosher. I would. I think you're okay to pin your blog posts, especially if sure. you're a part of that, because people do that all the time. Yeah, but don't allow direct affiliate links. No. That's just. I. Th- I would say I'm going to go out on a limb here and just say, like you do it one time on one of the boards, mm-hmm. that's good. But beyond that, really spend majority of your time on content creation oh, and yeah. building it in there. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And I, I mean, I just pin them the one time to my personal boards that make sense for that product. Like if it's a rug, I, and I used it in my family room, I'll pin it to my like, living room board. <laughs> I mean, it, it's like a right it makes sense. now the only caveat I would say is in the off chance that someone creates a group board for the purpose of direct affiliate links. I mean, I guess go for it. But in general, yeah, I would say just stick to pinning your, your blog posts that like, provide value beyond
0: just taking you to a product page. Yeah. Oh, this was so good. Okay, so any last minute thoughts, ideas, if you don't have any, I mean, I feel like we've exhausted most of them, but um, any last minute thoughts for people with affiliate marketing or any pieces of encouragement for them? I mean, the other thing I tell people, like, so
1: I feel like we've really hammered home the authenticity thing. I hope that has been clear, but the other thing that I like to remind people of is, if your affiliate links are not easy to find or identify in your posts, no one will click on them. So it is very important to step in the mind of your reader, know, especially since so many of my readers come from Pinterest, they're gonna be on their phones and they're gonna be quickly scrolling. So you need, to, I would say affiliate marketing can be like such a great income stream. But it isn't like if you build it, they will come. You do have to be strategic and smart about it. And that includes like how you format your posts and make it clear that these are links that they can click on. So that would be my only other, I would say if you're not having a whole lot of success with affiliate marketing, take some time and go read some of your posts on mobile and see how clear it is that, oh, this is a link that can be clicked on.
0: And you know, sometimes it's okay for you to say, click here to buy the rug <laughs> Yeah, like, <laughs> and make it in a little bit of bold, put some arrows yes. or something like if people it's. On your phone, if you're saying "click here" and you're only um, hyperlinking here, right? It's very hard sometimes to get your finger to click on the "here" part. It, it is. And that's hard.
1: It is hard. And so, like I, it's one one of my strategies is that if it's a tutorial post for me, and this could be like a recipe post for somebody else, or whatever niche you're in, or it could be products I'm recommending. In this, I mean, it expands across niches. But I've started putting. I, I think in code land, they're called like colored content boxes, behind, basically behind that area. So that if people are quickly scrolling, they're like, Oh, this feels different. This feels like something I should pay attention to. And then the other thing I do, and I will just quickly mention, I I feel like people always ask, Okay, well, what if I don't want to use Amazon, another, like, if you're only ever going to apply to two affiliate programs, I would make it Amazon, Amazon, but then reward style, Especially if you're in, I mean, any sort of niche that even remotely lends itself to visual content. And, I, you know, I think that includes food and fashion and home and a lot of different things. But Reward Style can be a great one because it basically, you apply to that one place and then it has a gajillion programs that. You, you that are very reputable and very, very popular retailers. Um, and they have these very visually pleasing widgets that you can embed in posts that have pictures of the items. And so it, it just makes it very user friendly for your reader. Um, but even for those, like what you're saying, Kate is, I will say you can click on any of the images below for free for full product details. Like Otherwise, they might just think it's a pretty picture. <laughs>
0: yeah, it's yeah. true. They might not know because they're like, well, does this does this work? Is this button? Like, yeah, exactly. tell your people yes. what is going on. Well, That's okay.
1: Because people get rightfully so nervous that they're going to click on something and they're going to have a virus on their computer. So, <laughs> yes. yeah. so hold their hand a little bit. It's not pushy. It's
0: helpful. Mm-hmm, totally. Totally. Oh, I love that. It's not pushy. It's helpful. I feel like that is the perfect way to wrap yes. this up for sure. Okay. So tell people I'm going to tell people go follow Tasha on Instagram like right away and go follow her on Pinterest too. But if we want to see where the magic happens, where can we go to find you?
1: So my blog lives at kaleidoscopeliving.com. Um, and that really, you know, the majority of my office are my DIY and home decor folks. I do have um you know because i have had success in affiliate marketing i do have an affiliate marketing course it only opens a couple times a year but if people are interested in getting on the waiting list for that they can find that at affiliate marketing for bloggers.com
0: nice and we have a link to that for sure i'm so excited about that because i think one of the things that people have such a fear of affiliate marketing they have a fear of getting started in it and this is just a good place to start to begin to diversify your income even if um you're not able to get ads yet. I know people who are trying to apply for ad networks to get that extra income. This is a good in between time start affiliate marketing before you even get to that point. Don't save it for later um or when you know it's not that hard. So, hopefully we've broken it down for you here. Tasha, thank you, thank you, thank you. We could talk all day. I, I love this. <laughs> it's so great. Um if you guys want any more information, all the links the previous podcasts we've talked about And we'll get from Tasha too, maybe some examples of her boards and a blog post that we can share too as an example. So you guys can see how she designs it. You can go to simplepinmedia.com slash 152. And that's where you'll find all the links to the show notes, um, all the information, everything else here that we have at Simple Pin. So thanks so much again, Tasha, for joining me. I really, really appreciate it.
1: Thank you for having me. It was fun.